0: 508, you're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila. First up, conversations around appropriate attire at historically and culturally significant sites and where bik- bikinis enter the fray. So, this started with a video that um, what made the rounds on social media on the 25th of December. And essentially, it had people, um, beachgoers in bikinis um, on a beach at Pulau Besar in Malacca. So, Pulau Besar has um, a a long history in uh, the region. It goes back to the establishment of um, the Islamic civilization in Malaysia. It's known for various sites of uh, mythological uh, folklore significance, as well as ancient graves and tombs and mausoleums of notable Islamic preachers. So, after this video went viral, Che Shukri Che Mat, who's the chief of the Malacca Islamic Religious uh, Affairs Department, or JAIM, said that they plan to put up signboards reminding tourists to dress modestly and and to not um, partake in activities that are considered insensitive towards Muslims. And he also added that they would be discussing possible actions to be taken against those tourists um, and then uh, to paraphrase a quote, he said, wearing a bikini is only suitable for the bedroom, not to be shown off to the community. Now to be clear there wasn't any signage in the area about a dress code, but that's where this conversation has now um, evolved to, right? Because since then, the Malacca mayor, Dato Zainul Abu, has Weighed in, um, and he said that uh, the Malacca Historic City Council needed to hold talks with the relevant stakeholders, including the state religious authorities, to discuss. Um this proposal to put up signboards on Pulau He said that presently there is no request for them to put up these signboards um, and that a statement will be issued once a discussion is held. The mayor also highlighted that bikinis weren't allowed at public beaches in the state anyway, uh, but that there are no prohibitions um, when it comes to private beachfronts or swimming pools. So that's where we're at. And I think there there are two sides to this conversation, really. On the one hand, um, you have people criticizing the tourists in the video and, and saying that the attire was inappropriate, that it was disrespectful, that when you travel, you should take into account local sensitivities. But on the other hand, there is that conversation about policing bodies, about attire and about when you can make this argument about cultural sensitivities, because... Um, There are obviously numerous countries and places around the world where, for instance, with religious sites or um, places of worship where there is a requirement to dress in a particular way. A lot of them even offer, for instance, shawls or scarves at the entrance that you can use to cover up. But whether you can extend that to an area like a beach, whether you can extend that to an area that is a public area adjacent to religious spots, and and that's where the line gets quite gray, right? And when we talk about sensitivities and cultural sensitivities, there's, of course, also the pushback of, well, really, whose sensitivities are we talking about? Who gets to impose what's appropriate and not appropriate on someone else? So it's a very complex discussion. Um, and, of course, the fact that this then has to do with tourism also comes into play, because how does this frame us? I mean, if we're talking about tourists, if we're talking about welcoming people from all sorts of cultures and and communities into our country, um, what does it do if we um, start imposing dress codes that may not seem uh, quite appropriate or may not even seem acceptable to people from other cultures? And how does that impact how people may view us as a destination to visit? So a lot of things to unpack. And uh, we will be speaking very shortly with Naj Arifin, who is a tourism consultant and heritage and gastronomy historian. Uh, But in the meantime, we'd like to hear from you as well. When is it okay to have dress codes at tourist sites? You can call us, double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp, zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM radio. Become fabulous millionaires.
1: BFM eighty nine point nine.
0: It is 5.16. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila. Uh, We are talking about a, um, well, a bit of a kerfuffle, followed up by conversations on whether uh, signboards are necessary at Pulau Basa because of a video that went viral of tourists wearing bikinis, which was then criticised for being uh, culturally insensitive. So we're discussing um, this notion of having dress codes at tourist sites and asking you, when is it okay? When is it's okay to have dress codes at tourist spots. You can call 77332 900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018 789 8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. On the line with us is tourism consultant Naj Arifin. Naj, good to have you with us.
1: Hi, thank you. Thank you for inviting me.
0: So, for some context, could you walk us through the historical and cultural significance of Pulabusa?
1: Okay, now Pulabusa does have uh, a very Uh, Let's see. Well, it's a bit verbal or oral history, but it does have a very popular history going back all the way to the Malacca Sultanate, where it was considered a place where many people of religious persuasion, of course Islamic, uh, were used that as a center for them, uh, as a place for them to... um, how to say not to say meditate, but it's a quiet place for them to be able to do their uh, studies and teach other people, and then from there they went to the port of Malacca and uh, boarded ships to spread Islam throughout the Malay archipelago. So this was way back in the uh, 14th, even 13th century. So there are some records on that, and uh, because of that, Pulau has all always been considered as somewhat of a, a sacred, if you if you might say. Or at least a very religious, uh, religious place. And um, now that's one part of it. The other part of it is that, um, according to not just Malay but also the uh, local uh, Orang Laut, which is basically an Orang Asli, uh, old Malay uh, subgroup, they um, have always believed that uh, the place is uh, in Malay. You call it Keras, which means there is a supernatural. Um, element to it. And um, these kind of things should not be dismissed outright because, you know, it's part of uh, the the belief system uh, that exists. And um, uh, many people will certainly, certainly swear of uh, its existence. I have been to Pulau Besar myself, and uh, I certainly would subscribe to such, uh, uh, such a view. And I would certainly look at it as a place that uh, one should have a little bit more respect because of its religious as well as mystical connotations of the Orang Bunyan or the, um, uh, I guess the English equivalent would be the the, the genies, the little people, the jinns. And um, so all these things come together to create something that is quite special about uh, Pulavasa so don't be surprised that uh, if tourists uh, wear bikinis, there, then it's going to elicit something quite strong from um, near and far from the local population, from the authorities and so on. So that's the background of it.
0: So then based on that, do you think one can make that argument that wearing bikinis at Pulau is disrespectful?
1: Yes. Wearing bikinis at Pulau would be disrespectful of the overall history and context of the place. But uh, there should also be very, very clear signboards, instructions uh, about uh, the do's and don'ts. That's the other thing. Um, You can't entirely entirely blame first-time tourists who go there and don't know about all these uh, taboos or even local, um, local etiquette and so on. So, If it's their first time, it's an honest mistake. They didn't know about it. Then we shouldn't blame them. We should blame those who did not put the proper signboards. Now, I have been to other places in Malaysia, for example, even in Tioman, Pulau Tioman, which is considered a very, very touristic place. Um, And uh, I have seen signboards which uh, very, very clearly indicate what is acceptable attire and what is not. So I'm not not too sure if it was put up in Pulau Besar or not. or Maybe the authorities thought it, it was so obvious uh, that everybody knows it, so they didn't put it up. Because when I went there, and I admit, the last time I went there was way back in about 2016, 2017. So when I was there, I uh, didn't quite see any signboards. Well, I was not looking for it since I, it doesn't affect me. I'm not going to wear any bikinis. But um, uh, I didn't quite see any signboards that give you the do's and don'ts or or what, what to do and what you can't do and so on. So in that sense, uh, we do have to take into consideration the context of first-time visitors who don't know and they should be forgiven. Um, um, of course, after this, very clear signboards should be put up.
0: So then, previously though, what has been the practice when it comes to dressing appropriately at Bulaw Um
1: Now, all the people that I have met who have been there don't really go there for the beaches. Let's <laughs> let's put it that way. Um, it's um, it's not the kind of place that you go for for lounging at the beach. Uh, the beach, to be very honest, um, uh, and uh, no disrespect to Pulau Basar's geography itself, it's not the kind of place where you know beautiful beaches like in Tioban or Langkawi or Sabah. It's simply not. It's quite. Um, stony the beach is a bit stony of course there's, there's uh, sandy places but uh, it's not really the kind of place that you just you know you want to show off your body uh, like in a typical touristic beach uh so far all the people and all the tourists that i have known who go there don't go for the, the the beach to to lounge and to sunbathe uh to put it that way at least not not to my knowledge of course there might have been some who who have done it before but uh didn't wear bikinis and so they were not, uh, it didn't become an issue, uh, but uh, uh, having said that, I think uh, it is a little bit strange to, to wear bikinis in uh, <laughs> uh, an island which is not really considered you know, that uh, fantastically beautiful. You know, Bulabasa's attraction or its uh, value is of a different nature.
0: If we extend that, actually, because through this conversation, it's also come up that, uh, in fact, wearing bikinis is prohibited in public beaches in Malacca. Uh, This is according to the Malacca Mayor. Now, do you think that could be a deterrent for tourists?
1: No, I don't think that will be a a deterrent for tourists because a majority of tourists who go to Malacca don't go for the beaches. Uh, There will be a very small percentage The tourists that uh, that I bring to Malacca as a tourist guide myself, they all go for the history, the heritage, the culture, the diversity, and especially the food. You know, the wonderful Malacca food. I have yet to come across any tourists that I have known or have read about who go for beaches and particularly to wear bikinis, because uh, as I said, um, Malacca has so many wonderful things. One of those things is not touristic you know beautiful sandy beaches uh, the, the beaches are, are fine they're, they're okay for local swimming but it's not the kind that you want to Instagram yourself you know like you would in in, in other more more beautiful beaches
0: how does this compare to other countries in our region uh, that may also have historically or culturally significant sites near beaches for instance Indonesia or Thailand
1: okay now even in Indonesia, It depends where in indonesia Um, i have been to some places for example in aceh where they do have some beautiful beaches and the locals also do not take kindly to tourists wearing bikinis and um, uh, so it's it's all about local sensitivities which we do have to respect when we go uh, to other countries there are certain places certain things certain kinds of activities that we have to understand would not be acceptable to the locals. And uh, I don't want to mention any examples, but it's a principle. So if the principle here in Malacca or in Malaysia or in any part of the world, such as, a, as I mentioned, uh, uh, for example, Aceh in Indonesia, because you mentioned Indonesia, then um, we should understand. But of course, if it's a different place like in Bali, then it's different. Bali has its own touristic attractions and values and Beaches that welcome this kind of uh, uh, this kind of attire, but um, we have our own identity. We have our own other attractions. Um, this need not. We don't need to compete in that order. <laughs>
0: However, right, as it tends to happen with these sorts of conversations, they tend to snowball, especially with social media. Yes. Then there are remarks being made about blanket statements about what people can and cannot wear, should or shouldn't wear. Um, so for mm-hmm. instance, in this case, uh, Jaim even said, bikini should only be worn in the bedroom, right? When statements like these are made, do they have a larger implication on how Malaysia is perceived as a tourist destination, um, as a beach destination, taking into account that tourists also come from their own cultures? Mm-hmm.
1: I I have not read the, the supposed statement, as you mentioned, uh, so I shouldn't comment on it until I read th- firsthand. Uh, and I would like to see what is the actual statement made. So uh, I think I should refrain from commenting on that simply because uh, I haven't heard of that uh, before this show. Um, but um, I think the principle is that when we go somewhere, we do need to to understand the local culture and respect the local values. So that's part of the reason we go to see other places to learn about other things, to learn about other cultures, and uh, to have mutual respect for them. So I don't think it's a big deal that uh, just because somebody comes from a culture where they have nudist beaches, where you know, and I have been to some nudist beaches in Europe myself, but um, I don't think that uh, we should go ahead and follow them and allow them to do that here, because it's simply not our culture. And um, on the other hand, I have met some Europeans who like it here because they feel that there is more decorum. Uh, They can bring their kids to any beach, and they won't have to worry about their kids seeing too much skin, uh, for example. uh, It's uh, it's something that uh, it goes both ways. We we need to look at. uh, the local culture, the local sensitivities of uh, the majority, and uh, learn to respect that as well.
0: Naj, we have just about a minute left. Um, what are some ways to communicate things like dress codes uh, in a way that respects the history of a site, but is isn't um, off-putting to visitors?
1: Um, just very politely. Um, well. The, just have to politely, I mean, just put up proper signboards that indicate uh, what you should or you should not wear. Just as I mentioned that I did see such signboards in Tioman Island many years back. I'm not sure if it's still there now, but uh, because of that, the tourists, they go to the beach, they know what they can and they cannot do and They will follow because they understand that if it's already up there on a signboard, then that is the law, that is regulation, or at least that is the expectation. So I think it's important that uh, proper signboards be put up. And uh, on our official websites, we we should also politely explain that these are the kind of uh, limits that we have uh, in uh, Malaysia, so that tourists will understand even before they come, you know, they do their own searches on Google and they find, okay, this is what you can do, this is what you cannot do in, in Malaysia. This is their culture. We should respect that.
0: Naj, thanks for speaking with us today. Thank you very much. That was Naj Arifin, tourism consultant, as well as heritage and gastronomy historian, uh, speaking to us about the uh, recent issue at Pulau Basar where tourists were filmed wearing bikinis and the resulting call for there to be proper signage on um, historical sites or or sites of cultural significance when it comes to attire. Um, We'd like to hear from you. When is it okay to have dress codes at tourist sites? You can call 777 send us a voice note or WhatsApp 18 789 tweet us at BFM Radio. So keep it here, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.